Someday me and my friends are going to go podcasting together into the forever and beautiful harmless phosphorescence. Everyone, this is your host, Magnificent Phallus Throw Smiley. Oh. <laughs> God damn! Sorry, Josh. It's literally the only thing I wrote down. <laughs> okay. Uh, what oh, other magnif- magnificent phalluses are here? <laughs> uh, hey, it's hideous platter of mistake, Josh CC. Not to dilute the magnificence of your phalluses but what the hell am i doing here i don't belong here i'm brian lesh i'm alaric weber i'm not trying to conquer the universe i'm perfecting it <laughs> good job al sure uh one <laughs> sentence structure at a time You're doing a great job pal really yeah. knocking it out of the park yeah. keep at it it's I a slow process place. yeah exactly it's a game of inches not yards yeah rome wasn't burned in a day uh, this is a harmless phosphorescence. It's the podcast where we watch every theatrically released full-length live-action superhero movie ever made. We gather some research into the production and source material, and we tell you about it. This show is brought to you by our patrons, patrons like executive producers Michael Beckwith and Atticus Burkett. You can be a patron, too. Go to patreon.com slash harmless entertainment. we got a lot of bonus content there. We've got... Uh, Star Wars shows and it's a bunch of old uh, movie or music shows. Um, we do uh, different movies every month. Uh, this month we're doing Basic Instinct. Um, we are all going to be doing it without wearing any underwear. Yep. So <laughs> check that out. Constantly <laughs> crossing our legs. Yeah. Constantly. Or the microphone. Crossing and uncrossing. Yeah. We're all just going to be dabbing the sweat away from each other's foreheads. Making weird yeah. eye contact the whole time. <laughs> Newman, you imagine being in a room with Newman and being like, no. "Dude, you are way too turned on right now. You have to leave." Well, it's okay when Michael Douglas does it. Uh, that movie <laughs> proves that it's okay if Michael Douglas does it. That's yeah, the like That is the moral of this. <laughs> no, I have so much to say about Michael Douglas in that movie, oh. but that is not this podcast. Oh yeah, that, you're right. That is, even though oh. Luis Despacito is involved in both. Yeah. Uh, that is at Patreon.com/slash Harmless Entertainment. Uh, check it out. Buck a month is all it takes. This week on Harmless Phosphorescence, we are watching Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume Three. I'm gonna tell you something. I'm Star Lord. I formed the Guardians, met a girl, fell in love, and that girl died. But then she came back. Came back a total dick. Oh, please. He left out some important information, but that is the gist of it. My sacred mission is to create the perfect society. He didn't want to make things perfect. He just hated things the way they are. Since I've been gone. Since I've been gone. 
you all to know that I am grateful to fight beside my friends. Incinerate them. searching for a family until we found each other are you ready for one last ride <laughs> we'll all fly away together into the forever and beautiful sky was that you were in love with? It sounds more like her. Her? That's Do not bring me into Don't this. <laughs> Knock it off! What? Just never noticed how black your eyes were. They were replaced by my father as a method of torture. He, he picked a pretty set. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Goddamn. Um... Uh, it was released May 5th, 2023, the running time of 150 minutes, uh, cost $250 million and has made $845 million. So um, it did pretty good, better than uh, I think people were expecting, uh, given the downturn Marvel's had recently. But uh, I feel it, like this was a thing a lot of people were waiting for. And that's intense, like. They definitely were, um, and I think also it has had such immensely good word of mouth that uh, it 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 because it had a dip there at the beginning and then like started growing again and people just started going to see it based on what their friends were telling them. But uh, speaking of the box office, guys, you ready to play the box office top ten game? Woo! This is the game. Well. I will uh, describe the top 10 movies of the week of May 5th, 2023, just a few months ago. And we are going to go ahead and uh, try to guess what those movies are. Are you ready, guys? Let's do it. All right, here we go. I don't remember movies from that that long ago. Yeah. <laughs> I only remember You're movies. You're laughing, but... I only remember <laughs> movies from 30 years ago. <laughs> I... I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I, I don't know what's know. in the box office right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Just Barbenheimer is so aware of. Yeah, nothing else really matters, honestly. All right. At number 10 for the week of May 5th, 2023. I've never heard of this before. When an ex-soldier who discovers gold in the Lapland wilderness tries to take the loot into the city, Nazi soldiers led by a brutal SS officer battle him. This is the first time I'm hearing about this movie. (laughs) This very minute. Uh, who is in uh, the treasure, the treasure of the Swiss Alps. <laughs> um, what's what's the German is phrase that for it? Nazi gold? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what's the what phrase for Nazi? The, gold? the German phrase for Nazi gold. Our gold. That's our, our gold. gold. <laughs> 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 yeah, it stars nobody I have ever heard of. This might actually be. A German movie? Yeah, these are all... I don't... Yeah, this is... 
Looks like it's a foreign film. Um, it's called Sisu. S-I-S-U. Sisu. Yeah. Uh, first time I am aware of it. Uh, at number nine this week. During the war in Afghanistan, a local interpreter risks his own life to carry an injured sergeant across miles of grueling terrain. Yeah, I have no idea. Starring Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, directed by Guy Ritchie. What the fuck? Uh, look who's walking now. <laughs> I should say that to someone. <laughs> I no I clue. I don't know, but I'm going to petition Guy Ritchie to rename it. That. <laughs> Are you implying that this is the baby from "Look Who's Talking" and "Look Who's Talking to"? Just fully grown, like Jake okay. Gyllenhaal didn't grow up to sound like uh, what's his face from Bruce Willis. Yeah, yeah, totally. Because he's an or, interpreter, but he's carrying somebody. Yeah. <laughs> so we don't right. hear him he's, speak the whole movie. It's, it's this guy who's interpreting. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, the big twist at the end. Like it is the kid from Look Who's Talking. He's, well, well, well. He's not Look heavy. He's now. not heavy. He's my imperialist oppressor. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's called the Covenant. The yeah. Covenant, yeah. like like the Boston. The Covenant. <laughs> just, just, until I clicked on the link, I really thought it was going to be a horror movie. <laughs> the Covenant. Yeah, usually, yeah, because it's a that's a pact, right? I, I think that is the title of a number of horror movies. It's got to be. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it is. The Covenant. That, I bet that. Um. At. <laughs> I'm. <just, laughs> imagine meeting talking to a friend or someone you know that either miraculously was able to start walking again or had a surgery to allow it. so much shade in look who's walking now well 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 look who's walking now <laughs> alright uh, at number 8 this week this film follows the history of sports marketing executive Sonny Vaccaro that's, that's all if I say anymore it's gonna give it away Jerry Maguire, too. Jump, Jump Man. What do they call these? What is this movie called? Oh, it's uh, Ben Man. Affleck and Matt Damon. Yeah, Affleck, Damon. Oh, they're making Air. Nikes. Air. Air. It wasn't go. bad. It wasn't a bad movie. Yeah. But they stretched a very small part of history out quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. uh, um, at number seven, a film that I don't think got its due. Um, a charming thief and a band of unlikely adventurers embark on an epic quest to retrieve uh -huh. a lost relic. But Double they... D, right? Yep. Dungeons and Dragons, something, something. Honor Among Thieves. Honor Among Thieves. Yeah, yeah it wasn't bad. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Um, it was fun. Chris Pine. Chris, yeah. I, I love Chris Pine being weird. That, I didn't know 10 years ago when he was Kirk that he was this weird. He's a weird dude. No, we didn't know. But yeah, he is. He's a fun... He's wacky. Yeah. That's why he's one of the Chris's. Yeah, he is. He's the wacky Chris. Mm -hmm. If if they were Chippendale oh. Rescue Rangers. 
I was going to say, he could be the handsome Chris, but uh, the other three Chris's have him beat. Yeah. Who are the other three Chris's? Evans. Hemsworth. Hemsworth. Evans. I know Evans. Oh, oh, hey. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, Chris Pratt's a handsome man. Yeah. Uh, at number six this week. It's a hair, I think. <laughs> it might <Sorry>. be. <laughs> <laughs> Those dreamboat eyes. <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Andy Dwyer. Um, uh, number, what did I say, six? Uh, yeah, six. Um, <laughs> how the fuck? Okay. Uh, before uh, our hero uncovers a path to defeating the high table, but before he can earn his freedom, he must face off against a new enemy with powerful alliances across the globe and forces that turn old friends into foes. Oh, at first the table threw me off, but now I remember from the trailer mentioned a lot. Is this the John Wick? John four? Wick, Chapter 4. Yep. I got a seat at the table. Uh, I see. I've only I was seen... thinking King Arthur for a <laughs> moment. <laughs> I've only seen the first John Wick, so... That's not a um, series I have kept up with. I haven't been able to get through it. Yeah, you can't kill the dog. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, the first spoiler. Mm. Yeah, well, it's not I mean, a spoiler. It's how the movie starts. Yeah. But... No, the first one was fucking great. But yeah, like I said, I haven't seen any of the others. So I don't know. Apparently, it's been popular. <laughs> it appears. <laughs> it's like <laughs> a scientist. People seem to like these Fast and Furious movies. Uh, at number five this week, a young woman tries to ease the pain of her fiance's death by sending romantic texts to his old cell phone number and forms a connection with the man the number has been reassigned to. Starring, did he kill the the boyfriend? Because that's my guess. <laughs> Starring Priyanka Chopra Jonas, Sam Hugan, and Celine Dion. What? Um, Which is, yeah, interesting. Probably the last thing Celine Dion's ever going to do. She just is diagnosed with something that's like life. Yeah, I can't remember what it was. Oh, is it? Uh, but no, this this movie has a really, really, really super generic uh, romantic. Okay. Um, name. Let's see. Uh, text. Uh, text me back. Yeah, I see. I was going to say. Text, text me back. once. Shame on you. <laughs> text me deadly. You up. <laughs> you up. <laughs> yeah. Eggplant emoji. The movie. <laughs> Not the emoji movie, the eggplant, eggplant emoji. emoji. The eggplant emoji, colon, in the movie. Whoa. Not that kind of movie throw up. <laughs> this is called Love Again. Mm. And, and I, the, That seems really gross, all of that. Yeah, it really does. At number four this week at the box office, when her family moves from the city to the suburbs... An 11-year-old navigates new friends, feelings, and the beginning of adolescence. Oh. This is... Um, yep. <laughs> say say uh, the words. <laughs> oh, damn it. Uh, are you there, are you there God? It's me, it's Margaret. It's me, Margaret. Yeah. Okay. 
Are you there? I like saying it the other way around, as if God's trying to get a hold of Margaret. Like, are you there, Margaret? It's me, Stephanie. <laughs> hey, I'm just leaving a message. Yeah. Call me back. It, it's Ringo. Yeah. Uh, peace and love. Peace and love. Peace and love. Peace and love. Love. At number three this week. A twisted tale of two estranged sisters who reun- whose reunion is cut short by the rise of flesh-possessing demons. <laughs> yeah, that'll happen. <laughs> Thrusting yeah. them. Tale as old as time. Into a primal <laughs> battle for survival as they face the most nightmarish version of family imaginable. <laughs> this is the fifth film in this franchise, second in the reboot. Reboot, reimagining, legacy sequel, however you want to call it. Thanksgiving. Oh, Evil Dead? Evil Dead Rise, yeah. Rise, okay. Yeah, Evil Dead Rise. Um, At number two this week. Did you, um, did anybody happen to see Bruce Campbell on the panel for that? Like, there's a video clip. Like, some dude went to ask a question and then just attempted to tear the movie down. And (laughs) Bruce Campbell interrupted. It was like, why are you even here? Why the fuck are you here? You should leave. Why are you here? You know, like, we're not here to criticize this film. Yeah. That's not what we're here to do. I love it. Was Bruce- just, it was great. He casually was just like, get the nerd out of the room, please, so we can go on. <laughs> I love Bruce Campbell's interactions with the press in general. He's like so like straightforward about shit in a way actors usually aren't. Totally. Um, it's it's the chin, yeah. The chin. Oh. <laughs> it holds magical. Powers. I was just watching Fargo again. He plays Reagan. Uh, number two this week at the box office, a plumber <laughs> travels through an underground labyrinth with his brother, trying to save a captured princess. <laughs> with his brother, yeah. <laughs> the Mario Brothers movie. Yeah, the Super Mario Brothers movie. Uh, I thought it was fun. I saw it with my sister and nieces. I haven't seen it yet, but I I want to. I'm sure it's cute. It was exactly what I expected a Super Mario CGI movie to be. It It was fine. It wasn't bad. There was moments. Um, but it's, it's a DreamWorks vibe. The whole time, yeah, I felt uh, some of the references were like a little on the nose for me. I mean, it's a Super Mario Brothers movie. What do you want? When when they literally have to like press A to choose their Mario Kart, I'm like, come on, yeah. Uh, Princess is in another castle. Yeah. Um, at number one this week. Still reeling from the loss of Gamora, Peter Quill rallies his team to defend the universe in one of their own, a mission that could mean the end of the Guardians if not successful. That's Creed. That's Guardians 3 opening at number one. And that is the box office top ten. Which brings us to our character and comic book background. Al, there's someone in here at least we haven't talked about yet. You want to tell us everything we need to know? 
Yeah, I, I'm wondering if there were also some someones that we did or did not talk about. But uh, anyway, we'll start off with the High Evolutionary, created by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. Everyone first meant drink. Men- drink. Uh, first mentioned in the Mighty Thor no- number 133, and first appearing in the Mighty Thor number 134 in November of 66. He is depicted as a scientist who seeks to evolve different life forms, such as the New Men, a group of genetically and technologically uplifted animals. New Men! Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I want a new man! The guy that don't let you down. Uh, born Herbert Edgar Wyndham in Manchester, England in the early 20th century. He attended Oxford University in the 1930s, taking an interest in the work of genetic biologist Nathaniel Essex, a.k.a. Mr. Sinister. Mr. Sinister. Wyndham began experimenting with genetic uh, manipulation, creating a genetic accelerator machine. Wyndham was given blueprints for cracking the genetic code by an outcast inhuman geneticist, with which he developed a serum dubbed Isotope A. After being expelled from Oxford for his single-mindedness, Wyndham moved his experiments to Wondagore Mountain. With the help of collaborators, he was there able to create the genetically accelerated half-human, half-animal beings he dubbed the New Men. (laughs) Wyndham eventually saw the Earth as too confining, converted his scientific research citadel into a spaceship, and took off with his new men into... (laughs) Into what? (laughs) Into space. On on tour. Into a brilliant new future. (laughs) Uh, The High Evolutionary went about creating Counter-Earth, a detailed replica Earth on the opposite side of the sun. And the history goes on and on. Uh, At uh, this point in time, the High Evolutionary is a human mutate cyborg of immense intelligence with psionic powers. And his sentient armor grants him superhuman strength and durability, flight, regeneration, manipulation of matter and energy, and size shifting. Sentient armor. Hmm. Sentient armor, yeah. I feel like I wouldn't want my anything I wear to be sentient. Right. <laughs> Knowing of its own existence. Yeah. Influencing. Not artificial. Right. But a lot. <laughs> be like, listen, I have to go to the bathroom. Can you just look away? Please free me from this. You said it was a good size. Can you filter this in the thigh pads? <laughs> is what I would ask my sentient clothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Your sentient thigh pads. It's like, can you process urine in the thigh pads? Uh, uh, moving on to Adam Warlock, created by Stan and Jack. First appeared in Fantastic Four number 66, September of 1967. Earth scientists calling themselves the Enclave create an artificial perfect human initially called simply him. Roy Thomas and Gil Kane significantly revamped him 
as the allegorical messiah Adam Warlock in Marvel premiere number one in April of 1972. In a 2009 interview, uh, Roy Thomas explained he had been a fan of the soundtracks to the musical Jesus Christ Superstar and sought to bring the story to comic books in superhero context. Wow. Okay. Marvel premiere is where Rocket first appeared, I believe. I believe so you're it. correct. Um, was it Rocket by himself or with the guy? He had a four... Oh, by himself. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, Warlock's new costume, uh, which I didn't get a description of his old costume, if he had one. Uh, but his new costume with a red tunic and golden lightning bolt was an homage to Fawcett Comics character Captain Marvel. Um, back to the, the history. After a conflict with Thor... Him travels to space and encounters the High Evolutionary, who gives him the name Warlock and the Soul Gem, asking for his help saving Counter-Earth from the Man-Beast. Four teenagers on Counter-Earth gave him the name Adam. Those teenagers and their slang. Yeah. <laughs> that was an insult. Uh, Adam Warlock's story continued in eight issues of the title The Power of Warlock from 1972 to 73. Writer-artist Jim Starlin revived Adam Warlock in Strange Tales in 1975. Then seven issues of Warlock, continuing the numbering system from The Power of Warlock. Uh, the character was again revived in 1991 in the Infinity Gauntlet miniseries. Uh-huh. After which Warlock starred in Warlock and the Infinity Watch. <laughs> War Live in concert. Yeah. Warlock, Warlock, Ted and Alice. In Infinity Watch, you never have to wind it. Never. <laughs> and you could write with it upside down. <laughs> uh, Warlock with zero G. <laughs> <laughs> and underwater. Uh, he would later become a member of the Guardians of the Galaxy, serving as the group's cosmic sorcerer and occult expert. I remember him from the Infinity Saga. Like, that's when I first... Yeah. Yeah. Um, Warlock, in all his incarnations, possessed superhuman everything and the Super ability to... Everything. 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 And I mean everything. Everything. <laughs> that's right, Double. Peter. I've got a penis. <laughs> That's right. Um, and had the ability to I manipulate cosmic energy for energy projection, flight, and a regenerative cocoon. Man, <laughs> could I use a regenerative cocoon? Oh, oh no, right, right now. Uh, yeah. Functionally immortal, he can be killed but cannot <laughs> truly die as death cannot claim his soul. Functionally immortal. Functionally immortal. Okay. You know, the more I think about it, it, it does make sense, but it's just funny. I think I'm functioning alcoholic or something today. Mm. I'm functioning immortal. <laughs> Warlock's powers increased with each resurrection, his cocoon allowing him to adapt to previous weaknesses and develop further cosmic abilities, such as quantum magic, teleportation, and wormhole manipulation. 
<laughs> you got to be careful whose wormhole you manipulate, though. <laughs> yes, you do. Always. <laughs> uh, next up, we have Aisha. I don't know if they ever called her that in the movie, but... Yes, did they? they did. Uh-huh. Okay. In uh, the second I, volume, yes. Uh, oh, okay. Was she uh, first introduced as another bad creation? Aisha. <laughs> um, I, I think they... In this movie, they kept calling her the High Priestess? And they did or, in the second one, okay. but then it... Uh, maybe she was just credited. I don't know if they did say it out loud, but I knew that was her name okay. from when they this, first This is one of the ones that I can't remember if we talked about before, but I wrote stuff down, so I'll say it anyway. Uh, first appeared as Paragon in The Incredible Hulk Volume 2, Annual Number 6, in 1977 by Len Wein. David Kraft and Herb Trimpey. Lynn. First appeared as her or Kismet in Marvel 2 and 1, number 61, March of 1980. I guess she wouldn't be Kismet yet in 1980. That came later. I remember that character's name. Uh, Paragon was the second attempt, attempt by the Enclave to produce a super powerful being that they could control. Uh, Born, quote-unquote, before being fully formed, Paragon appeared as a muscular male figure. Battled the Hulk, overrode the Enclave's control, and sunk their headquarters before incubating into a regenerative cocoon, much like Warlocks. And it had a hit single on the Billboard Top 20. Only made it up to number two. Uh, she later emerges from the cocoon in her blonde-haired, golden-skinned female form, wearing red swimsuit-like attire. You can see that in Sports Illustrated. <laughs> 1980. <laughs> the, the regenerative cocoon issue. <laughs> As we a fe- all waited for. We all waited for. <laughs> uh, as a female replicant of Warlock, she took the name Her and sought Warlock to mate with him. Warlock, <laughs> unfortunately, Warlock was dead at the time. Um, <laughs> her, reanim- <laughs> her reanimated his body, but without his mind and soul, he was forced to return him to his grave. Uh, that was one of her po- powers. She could reanimate living beings, but only the tissue, only the, the bodies could not revive their their spirit so yeah so just a muscle memory a meat puppet if you will yeah uh her sought another mate among some of earth's most powerful men eventually becoming a companion to cosmic hero quasar yeah it was gonna be ward buffett but Hmm. (laughs) um she changed her name to kismet after the arabic word for fate then later still uh, changed it to aisha that's a Hebrew word. I don't know if they're distinguishing well, Arabic with Middle East. Yeah, Aisha was one of the Prophet Muhammad's wives. Too. Oh, I meant Kismet. Oh, and Kismet is... I, yeah. I've, I've mostly only heard Jewish people use it as like meant to be. Like, oh, we were going to cross yeah. paths eventually. Anyways, sorry. Uh, no, you're, you're right. I, I've heard it most um, from um, Jewish speakers. But they share many. But, yeah, yeah, that's true. Totally. 
Um, they share a country, sort of. <laughs> yeah, share is but, a stretch, but not two quite. Yeah, <laughs> two brothers, a feud of two brothers. Um, her slash Kismet slash Aisha has many, but not all, abilities similar to Warlock. Uh, no quantum magic, I believe. Um, I kind of ran through some of the other ones really quickly, just by name, but uh, after watching the movie, maybe I did a disservice to Cosmo the Space Dog. Um, in the comics was a male dog, uh, but uh, was based on the Russian uh, Cosmo Dog. Uh, Laika. Laika, who's one of the first animals in space. Uh, Laika was a female, and that's why they... Uh, I think that's why James Gunn changed the character to female in this, instead of male, like the comics. It's um, also a cuter dynamic. It is. Vocally, and yeah. yeah. I agree. Like if they had Bruce Willis. <laughs> well, and we've already <laughs> got it. barking now. <laughs> <laughs> We've already got a talking uh, raccoon that is a man, so it makes yeah. sense. Yeah. A female yeah. talking animal. Um, so keep Con- the woke mob at bay, you know. <laughs> <laughs> all dogs are boys, all cats are girls. That's, and all raccoons are after my are treasure. <laughs> to, to appease the, uh, the woke bitches. Uh, meaning yep. female dogs. Yeah. <laughs> yep, all them bitches. Um, Cosmo is a Golden Retriever Labrador Retriever mix. Um, First appeared in Nova, Volume 4, Number 8, in January of 2008, and uh, became the security chief at the space station Nowhere, and later a member of the Guardians of the Galaxy. And let's see, we had Starhawk... Uh, Stakar of the House of Ogord in this movie, Stakar Ogord. What? He Sylvester was in this? Played by Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, so returning. Returning, yeah. Um, and this character first appeared in the Defenders number 27, September of 1975, with a cameo, full appearance, following issue, Defenders number 28 in October. I remembered that red, like, dragon creature. Mm. You know, the one that couldn't talk, that used emoji? Yeah. Can't remember its name, but I remember it from once. Um, Others, we have uh, Lila, the the mutate otter, was from the comics. Uh, Teefs was based on Walrus, Mm -hmm. an anthropomorphic walrus, and Floor was based on Blackjack O'Hare, an anthropomorphic rabbit. Apologies to anyone that I missed. Sue me. Yeah, we're going to be getting phone calls, Al, (laughs) if you missed anybody. Um, Phone calls. Especially during our telethon. (laughs) Feeling particularly litigious today, Al. Uh, All right, Al, well, thank you for that. That brings us to the production of the film which went completely smoothly and had no hiccups whatsoever. Um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. James Gunn got fired. Um, he was, he began 
pre-production for this in 2018. Uh, when did Volume 2 come out? 2017? Yeah. Okay. 2017. Um, yeah. Uh, he, uh, at that time, told people that, um, well, at that time, told the press he uh, was, that uh, that this was going to be set after Endgame and that uh, it would tie things together and uh he and Marvable said that he was, quote, working with Marvel on the entire future of the Marvel Cosmic Universe. I remember when they said that. Before his firing, he was kind of supposed to be the guy in charge of the cosmic side of the MCU. Mm. That kind mm-hmm. clearly all got upended. Um, because I mean, uh, it would have worked in every aspect because he had already set the template. Mm-hmm. We've said it before. Who thought the Guardians of the Galaxy like was going to be probably one of the flagship yeah. properties? I, mean, I don't know. This is absolutely my favorite depiction of the cosmic MCU on screen. Guns, the Guardians side. I mean, yes, uh, yeah. I, Thor and all of that. Like, like there's good stuff in there, but this is the one that I'm like, yeah, I like this a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Brian's making faces. Uh, um, but yeah, of course, he got fired after conservative commentators began circulating old tweets he made about con- controversial topics such as rape and pedophilia. They called for his firing. Uh, Walt Disney chairman Alan Horn uh, had him fired. Um, after that, the Guardians cast members uh, rallied behind Gunn. Uh, there's online petitions. Um, these were very old tweets. They were bad, bad you know, jokes. Like trauma when he was still like working at that production company. Yeah, yeah. Stupid jokes that a young person and the early days of social media yeah young someone who thinks they're being edgy um mm-hmm. they there wasn't anything like i'm for rape it was none of that kind of stuff right i was just gonna say that like um, unless you had insightful or just really i don't know if it's directed at someone or some group of people but if you're just being distasteful yeah it's a tough call it is I'm I live gonna... by that. I think it's like anything can be joked about, but not anything is funny. Not everything is funny. You know what I mean? Like there's nothing you can't joke about because that's ridiculous, but it better be funny. If you're going to joke about rape, yeah. <laughs> you better really, really have something to say. Yeah. Gunn himself uh, described the tweets as totally failed and unfortunate efforts to be provocative. Um, and said his days saying something just because it's shocking and trying to get a reaction are over. Yeah. It was like, it was a long time ago. I changed. You have to allow people to grow. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if it's not like destructive hate speech on the regular, you have to let people grow from their poor taste. Yeah, making making jokes in poor taste is not the same as like Roman Polanski. <laughs> like there are levels. Right. 
Right. Or, or using your platform to be like, this group of people shouldn't even exist. Yeah. Or these, these group of people should be taken down. You know, that kind of shit is inexcusable at any time. But <laughs> dressing so- weird at a college Halloween party did not bring your whole fucking life down. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Uh, um, so, yeah. Um, basically what happened is after he made the Suicide Squad and uh, Phase 4 <laughs> was being met with less than stellar reviews, <laughs> Disney just quietly said, like, you, you want to come back, James? There wasn't really any make culpa. There wasn't, like, a whole lot of... No, it was Loki. Yeah. Um, so... Meanwhile, Al Franken is still retired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's- Maybe I got my history wrong, but uh, I I feel like he they were talking about bringing him back even before he made the Suicide Squad. They were. Um, he was and, asked during the filming of the Suicide Squad. What was his name? Alan Horn? Yeah. Something Horn? Mm-hmm. Um, said that he appreciated the way that James Gunn handled it. Yeah, which, okay, great. <laughs> That's yeah, I mean, fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, he didn't uh, but, go to war with them in the press, yeah. which is probably their worst nightmare. Right. There wasn't well, a, well, all of his friends did, of, though. Yeah. Yeah. The, the cast, Dave Bautista, like, like burned his Disney bridges. <laughs> like Disney bridges. Um, <laughs> anyway. he, he's under the impression that's why he didn't get the call for the, uh, what's it called? Oh, the what if? Uh, what if? Yeah, but but also I'm under the impression that he did get the call, or his publicist did, and said, "Nah, Dave only does movies." <laughs> <laughs> uh, you gotta love when publicists make decisions for actors, and later on the actors like, "What the fuck, dude?" Yeah, yeah. What a dumb career. Um. So. Still. Yeah. So. Uh. That. I mean that's about it. I, that's it, it's not an especially interesting production. Um, it's an MCU film. They made it. Uh, <laughs> as far as that all goes, um, uh, James Gunn, of course, wrote and directed it. All of our uh, stars are back. Um, Will oh. Will Poulter technically was in Guardians too. Um, but uh, was he though? Was that him at the end? No, no. The it was just a, a different it was him. Just a cocoon. It was just a cocoon. It was just a prop. Mm. And Aisha says Adam. Like, I guess in my will, head I, I remember seeing him, him, but I guess I'm it's just a implanted nope. memory. Yeah, no, we had never seen him because it was interesting to see where, like, it wasn't the Soul Stone, but they still had that. That stone there at his uh, widow's peak on his forehead, and then also the little skull, the little like animal skull that he yeah. always had. But anyways, no, we hadn't seen him before. Uh, okay, well, Will Poulter, um, he got his start. Uh, he's he is English. He got to start playing Eustace Scrub in the Chronicles of Narnia: The Voyage of the Dawn Treader. <laughs> oh, then. <laughs> the Narnia movies were bad. Um, he uh, went on to be in the Maze Runner series. <laughs> uh, he was in The Revenant. Um, 
He, oh, think yeah. he played the bear. <laughs> <laughs> He's the mountain man, Jim Bridger. Yeah. Um, which uh, that was uh, my my dad was really really into mountain men and uh, Jim yeah. Bridger especially. He had a kids Jim Bridger book, so I was very very familiar with Jim Bridger and Hugh Glass. Hugh Glass, As a kid, yeah. The Revenant was uh, it was weird <laughs> to see that. I love, also, I love that movie. No, it's a great movie. Leo is not what I ever pictured. It's Hugh Glass though. Yeah, but anyway, oh no. <laughs> No, humans weren't fair looking. No. I don't know. Um, Even old DiCaprio looks like young DiCaprio. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, let's see. He was in Midsummer, which was great. Um, he. Uh, We're the Millers is the first time I like. Oh, those. yeah. 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 And that's not a very good movie. Uh, Dope Sick. He was in that, Ooh. which was pretty good. Um,. I always confuse him with the kid from Shameless, the redhead kid. Yeah, no, he looks a lot. Who, who is? Is that Calcestis, the kid? From is that Shameless? his name? He no, was no, no. Calcestis Jer- is the a character he plays in a Star Wars uh, video game. Oh. He was Jeremiah Vasquez in uh, Gotham, who was basically their Joker. Yeah. Oh, he was. Uh, he was in an episode Alaska. of The Bear this this season. Oh, so back with Lip. Yeah, kind of. Um, they weren't they weren't on screen together, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, we have as the high evolutionary. <laughs> I always love saying his name. Mm-hmm. Uh, Iwuji. I'm not. I my apologies. I'm sure that was a terrible mangling. Um, he's from Peacemaker, right? He was on that show. Yep. Okay. Because there's a lot of overlap in, in his James Gunn, like the projects yeah. he was working on, Suicide Squad and Peacemaker. I think that he met him doing uh, Suicide Squad and then cast him for this as a result. I remember hearing him say that. Um, the chick that played the rat girl in mm. Suicide Squad, she's in this. Is She's Kara, I think her name is, or yeah. whatever. Ura. Ura. That's right. Okay, anyway, so. Um, yeah, so. Chukudi Wuji, again, my apologies. Um, uh, yeah, it was in a bunch of uh, indie films, did a fair amount of TV, mostly British. Um, hasn't had like a ton of really big, big roles. Um, probably, this is clearly his biggest, probably uh, Peacemaker is his second biggest. There has to be John Wick other... Chapter Two was probably the biggest thing he did prior to this. Still Wiccan. <laughs> uh, it's another choice. I God, I know there's at least one more that James Gunn made where the character has like a different color skin. I think his skin was purple or blue. Hmm. Where the, they made the choice not to, and I think it's smart because you know it could get too wacky. Like they they kept Thanos purple. But yeah. they've but they've kept the earthbound color palette, which I think is a good choice. I think it would have been strange if he was purple. It's it would Less they, they've been leaning that they've been leaning towards more colorfulness in the MCU over the last like five years or so, which I appreciate. But also, you can't really go full sixties Marvel palette on screen. Right. 
That's what. Yeah, it would make it just too wacky. Yeah. Um. Uh, Linda Cardellini as Lila. Uh, we. Okay. This is her second MCU role. I was gonna say, like, she's Clint. She's Clint's fantastic. Wife. Yeah. Yeah. And we. She might be a sleeper agent. They've sort of like you know alluded to. Why would they use? I just don't understand. Like she's she's fantastic as Lila. Yeah, it's no, she odd. embodies the role perfectly. But it's I found it to be a slightly distracting because it's Linda Cardellini and she's a very prominent, distinctive actress. Yeah, and then it makes you think of her character already in the MCU. Yeah, strange. Yeah, that it was that was weird. Um, Nathan Fillion. <laughs> uh, what was the name of his character? Master Karja. Um, uh, yeah, I, I got one of those. Yeah. Uh, Nathan Fillion, always a delight. Um, and that's about it for the production. There's not like a whole lot to uh, talk about on that. Um, the uh, uh, Do you want to talk about the Christmas special? Oh, all? yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Let's, let's, let's. They made. They made that giant set, so they had to use it for something else. <laughs> I was going to say is like that's why it doesn't seem like there was such a gap between the two movies is because of Infinity War, Endgame, and the Christmas special. Like, there was we've a, never stopped seeing the Guardians, really. Yeah, there was a lot of Guardians in between two and three. Um, Gar- Infinity War and and Endgame, you know, together is kind of Guardians two point five in its own way. And uh, yeah. Groot had his own show. Oh yeah, Baby Groot. I haven't watched that. There are more episodes coming. But um, yeah. Uh oh yeah. I guess it's worth mentioning in the Christmas special we discover that Mantis is uh Peter Quill's sister. That's revealed. Yeah. There. Um. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, and there was a brief uh, reference to the Christmas special at the end with the uh, the uh, newspaper headline about Kevin Bacon. That's right. Um, otherwise, not much happens in the Christmas special. It's just kind of they go, they kidnap Kevin Bacon, uh, Mantis, and Drax. Well, like Brian said, it, it it sets up nowhere as its own little sort of uh, not civilization but culture, community, community, yeah, individual culture. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, but yeah, yeah, that's. I don't know if you know that. That that makes me think about the giant um, marble celestial sitting in the Indian Ocean. Mm. Right. When this happened, people had so many questions about nowhere. What is nowhere? What will we find out about nowhere? When will we get an answer as to which celestial's head nowhere is? And now, all these years later, it feels like it's very lived in. Yeah. I wonder if we're going to get that with the big uh, marble uh, celestial. I wonder... Like someone just squats into the giant celestial head in the well, middle of the ocean. Eventually, the Avengers will squat in the uh, head of the celestial. But mm. uh, I, like we're 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 asking all these questions now as like a fandom, whatever. But at some point, they're going to give us a little taste, and then we're going to see a movie with it in there, and then we won't go back to it. I, I, I have a feeling that it was partly because of what's her name, her power. That turned him to stone, right? So yeah. his head, his head isn't hollow. It might huh? be. I don't know. It's hard to tell. Okay. 
Mm. We can make it hollow. I mean, we have, we have the technology. <laughs> the technology. I mean, in comparison to nowhere, like, yeah, it's a good I, question, though. I mean, I know there's been so much talk from myself and us included about like why there hasn't, why why people aren't talking about a giant celestial sticking out of the ocean. Yeah, I guess it, I guess with a little bit of perspective, so much crazy shit happens on the MCU Earth. They're like, yeah. well, that's one of those things, I guess. Yeah. I'm going to try to go to work now without, you know, Spider-Man's <laughs> villains <laughs> destroy the me. block I live on. Well, in, in the Celestial movie, they see one over London. Right. Yeah. Like all of London sees it. So it's there's no question as to what that thing in the Indian Ocean is. Yeah. It's clearly that same kind of big alien god thing, robot. Uh, and w- what could have ripped off the head? To be for nowhere, you know. So maybe Galactus. Mm. He's not a celestial, but he's. I saw some some like um, people are implying that it was Null. Oh, yeah, with the Necrosword. Yeah, God, the God Killer. Yeah, he'd yeah. he'd been going around killing celestials in particular, I guess. Hmm. All Story right, we'll never read. We'll never see. Yeah, yeah. So, um, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 has 82% on Rotten Tomatoes. And I do have a few letterboxed reviews. Uh, Ram, <laughs> less than three. Or maybe that's supposed to be a heart. Uh, <laughs> right. This is not a movie. This is a fucking apology letter. Five stars. Uh, to, to whom? To the fandom. Yeah, who's the apologist? I assume the okay. fandom from Marvel Studios because of... I mean, let's be clear. The last two years of MCU films haven't been met with a stellar reception minus a Spidey here or there. I hate sure. that they're all judged as a whole. Instead of, you know, I, I just don't understand it. It's like... Why does one movie have to suck because Ant-Man wasn't as good as it could have been? I, I don't know. Well, and that led to I don't Ant-Man. remember judging film like that before. I think that idea led to Ant-Man becoming this tent post thing instead of like a heist movie like it probably mm. should have been. Yeah. No, Ant-Man. Yeah. 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 It can stand alone. Eternals wasn't great, but we've talked about it a lot because it's fairly interesting, the things that happened in it. But... I love Shang-Chi. I thought that was great. But I don't care that She-Hulk was one way. I don't know. It doesn't it's so odd. It's one thing to judge like The Godfathers or a series of movies themselves and be like, okay, these as a whole. Mm. But it's just the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, there's going to be good and bad. They can, they can be separately judged. Yeah, no, absolutely. Each each film should be separately judged. I think it's that fa- they did it to themselves by creating the phases. Uh, yeah, well, I think having a run that people didn't enjoy has led to them being more judged as a whole together. Yeah, I don't like it. But um, let's see. Uh, Emerus writes utter cod swallop. Have a star. <laughs> I feel like he was waiting to use that. <laughs> I don't know why, or I certainly don't agree, but 
God swallop is a word that we should bring back. Is it a good or bad word? Well, bad. It says half a star. <laughs> I don't know how he feels about it. It's uh, like, uh, I, I don't know, uh, malarkey or blatherskite. Yeah, it sounds God like swallop. balderdash. It, it, balderdash. Sounds like, it sounds like one of those words for sure. And I was hoping is. it meant like thoughts and prayers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just saw this username. Gay Chavera writes. <laughs> Revolution. <laughs> uh, very furry centric if you're into that. Five stars. <laughs> <laughs> and surprisingly more people are into that than we would be. <laughs> A disturbing number. Yeah. Um. Uh, and your mom's house writes, I miss the old Kanye. Half a star. What? <laughs> He's the funny one in this group. Yeah. Uh, um, that's about it, guys. You ready to jump into the movie itself? Mm, yes. <laughs> I've got to stop asking. All right, here we go. <laughs> My name is Shu, because I'm seeing a shoe. Uh, this is. Oh, you know, sometimes you ask, and sometimes we have clever things to say. But uh, it's true. Yes, just not this time. Not today. So, all right, here we go. This is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. We open on a cage full of baby raccoons. The... Uh, what do they call a group of raccoons? Ooh, I don't know, Al. Oh, what are they called? Uh, a group of ra- the collective noun for raccoons is a gaze, a gaze of raccoons. Huh. I thought it was going to be like bandit related yeah. or thieves or something. Right? Yeah, a cabal. Or, or like a, 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 a posse. <laughs> yeah, a cabal. Uh, I feel like gaze is derived from their mask, but not mm. bandit Ooh. related. It's good. My own personal uh, collective noun for geese is an asshole of geese. <laughs> an asshole of geese. Because they're all the worst assholes. animals. Because they suck. They, there are, they so, are so many in uh, around like lakes in Wisconsin that would chase us and bite us. I hate them. Oh, in Sarita, Mimi had oh. to when we were younger. So Al throw. I don't know if you can picture the far chain link fence gate and then there was you know several yards to where her porch was and when we were children we had to book it because in the corner of the yard were these geese and at one point she had laid eggs and the male was extra they were both extra protective but i just remember being like six seven dashing mad dashing across the yard yeah, no, no. fucking adults enjoyed it too much. Uh, no, there were times like I'd be like out in the park with Jude, and like a an an asshole of geese would start coming towards us, <laughs> and like I'd have to like pick him up and like put him on my shoulders, and like because they'd just come <laughs> flocking trying to get us. Like, god damn it! So uh, yeah, fucking geese. Geese. 
geese. Fortunately, there are no geese in this movie. Yeah. Fortunately. Canada put all of their hate and anger into their geese, which is why they're so nice. And Canadian yeah. geese suck so much. <laughs> they're sitting down here. Yeah. Um, so anyways, the high evolutionary picks out a raccoon. Spoilers. It's Rocket. <laughs> uh, then we cut to Rocket in Nowhere. He puts on the acoustic version of Creep. Uh, he does a little walk through town. Quill is drunk. He's angry at... Super drunk. Super drunk. He's angry yeah. at Rocket for touching his Zune. He passes out. The Guardians carry him, lay him down. That was a... um. That was apparently a... a uh, a big rubber Chris Pratt doll that she was carrying there. Weird. Wow. Yeah. Who who ended up with that? I wonder. Oh, <laughs> and what do- Chris Chris Pratt? Yeah. Yeah. Um. And yeah. Apparently there were onset <laughs> hijinks with yeah. it. <laughs> and Chris. But anyways. Um. <laughs> uh. Craglin's practicing his whistle arrow thing and hanging out with uh, Cosmo. Um, then they get. Wait, sorry, because it's one of my favorite yeah. parts of the movie. Um, yeah, it's a great that runs, gag. runs throughout. Um, she shows him up with her telekinesis pebble, and then he calls her a bad dog mm-hmm. and won't take it back. Yeah, and she's very she's upset. Too, very upset. Yeah, it's like saying the N-word for dogs. (laughs) It's like the worst thing you can call a dog. It is. It's true. On Judy, she's sitting over here. (laughs) In fact, my dog Judy reacted to hearing bad dog very loudly (laughs) through my when I was watching this. She was like, how dare you? Anyway. What are you watching? Yeah, her ears perked up. It's like, who said that? What did I do? Um, they get attacked by Adam Warlock. He's coming in to crazy on you. Um, he, uh, he jets in, uh, fights, has fights pretty much all of them over the course of a few minutes, uh, ends up critically wounding Rocket. He tears off Groot's head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the body regrows from underneath the head. Mm-hmm. Like like mm-hmm. the thing, which is great. Yeah. Um, let's see. Nebula ends up stabbing him, which upsets him so much he just runs away. Um, and it actually hurts him, too. Yeah. Like, that was mm-hmm. the one thing that phased him through the whole, yeah, the whole thing. He'd, he'd never felt pain before. Like, Drax was yeah. almost a match for him. Mm-hmm. But not quite. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then uh, they're trying to save Rocket um, with med packs, but it's uh, creating some sort of uh, of uh, feedback in him. Um, turns out there is. So it's probably like you probably can't use a defibrillator on someone with a pacemaker. Mm. I would imagine. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, something like that going on. Yeah. Yeah, they call it a kill switch, which is quite appropriate. But. Um, I believe because uh, I took CPR training recently. If someone does have a pacemaker, um, you just have to repossess reposition the 
defibrillator lower so it doesn't okay. go through the pacemaker because the pacemaker is on usually on the right side uh which is where you would you. put one of the the paddles so you just have to do it like lower i think but don't quote me on that i need to revisit my cpr training yeah anyone who has to use defibrillators Actually. on somebody right now that has a pacemaker <laughs> double check that don't just go by what al said yeah, please, and please I, don't. And it doesn't matter what podcast. condition. You're in an emergency. <laughs> <laughs> and make sure no matter what condition they're in, you ask them if they have a pacemaker before you begin any life. Yeah. I ask everybody a pacemaker before I interact with them. <laughs> He's having a heart attack. Do you? Right. You're like, can I take your order? Do you have a pacemaker? <laughs> Because you stole my heart. I don't know. That wasn't good. <laughs> um. So, uh, yeah, Rocket is uh, 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 Nebula comes in and uh, makes them stop using the med packs. Um, as he's unconscious, we get a flashback to him as a baby raccoon. He was experimented on by the High Evolutionary. Um, he gets thrown in a cage where he meets his fellow test subjects. We've got a water, water, a walrus, a a rabbit, and a uh, an otter. I think I was trying to say otter and walrus at the same time there. Um, <laughs> a water, yeah. Um, we don't yeah. yet the, learn their names because they don't have them yet. the The rabbit was was had a funny line, just like, "Does it words?" I know, I love that. Yeah. Does it words? <laughs> uh, these, yeah. All these flashbacks. <sighs> Rocket's first words are hurts. Yeah. This so fucking. Ugh. Yeah, no, the whole everything with Rocket and these guys, like it's every I, flashback is heart wrenching. This even rewatching this just in uh, while I was taking notes just to, to go through, which I usually, you know, kind of just like, all right, that's this scene. Write it down, kind of skim through it. Like I, I, it, I was brought to tears three or four times just in that. Yeah. Yes. It has some, it's made me misty. Yeah. Um, several times. Then, uh, yeah. Uh, so they discover that rocket is considered the proprietary property of a corporation called Orgacorp. Uh, Peter and the guardians decide they're going to go to Orgacorp to get the key to turn off the kill switch. Uh, it's it's code. It's a code. It's not like a literal key. Um, <laughs> they have to put it, download it into Rocket. Um, Nebula is going to call a contact to help them break in. Uh, we get another flashback of Rocket and his friends. They're playing and bonding. Uh, then we meet the high evolutionary in the present. He's mad at Aisha and Adam Warlock that he failed to retrieve Rocket. He wants Rocket back. Um, Aisha and her people were created by the High Evolutionary, and he tells them if they don't find Rocket, he will destroy their entire civilization. Um, we cut to the Orgosphere. Um, <laughs> yeah, which is gross. Yeah, space butthole. Yep. Yeah, it's an it's it's a grown space station. It's all organic material. This should have been the Devil's Anus. They definitely uh, missed that opportunity. <laughs> yeah, they did. Um, uh, if you 
if so <laughs> when we're particularly if we focus in on the anus part of the orgos what do they call the orgos yes, oh I, <laughs> yes let's focus in on the anus so most of this ship is organic right we see them walking around and it's fleshy mushiness yeah. um there is a section to the right like a little half moon of like dark black it looks like charcoal almost with like a little bit of like glowing light inside it mm, it was uh-huh. interesting because it looks more like a Cree technology like the what do they call uh lee pace's ship um uh, the dark aster oh, or whatever yeah the dark was, aster it was kind of twirling it looked kind of like a double helix kind of thing going on oh, i see what you mean hmm. this, um, because it's a growing. similar thing yeah yeah it, it looks like there, like he, makes sense. there was an effort made to to make even that technology look foreign while looking, you know, within arm's reach of the rest of the universe. It was really really neat to notice that on like on rewatch and being like, oh, if there's any details I missed. That was the only thing. Mm. It's uh, interesting, actually. Yeah, that's an interesting point. It's like an uncanny valley of architecture. Like it, we shuddered and we're like, ew, gross butthole, but it wasn't too gross. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It didn't preoccupy my thoughts once they were inside and doing all their, you know, I didn't think about it too much. So yeah. it's interesting. It came up to that line of grossness without maintaining. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Um, at the Orgosphere, the Guardians meet up with the Ravagers. It turns out the contact that Nebula was uh, reaching out to is Gamora. She's going to help the Guardians infiltrate Org- Orgocore. Or Orgo Corp, despite Peter's objections, because yeah, yeah, it is a corporation. So high evolutionary, like filed an LLC or whatever he needs. He's like fucking Elon <laughs> Musk, is what he is. Yeah. Some people call him a god. Some people just say he's good at paperwork. I assume he has a blue-haired lawyer floating around somewhere. Oh, definitely. <laughs> a scientist lawyer. Uh, um, we get another flashback in which the high evolutionary gets impressed by Rocket's uh, rapidly growing intelligence, but then he gets angry when Rocket gets too smart. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I like that as a, as a thing for a villain. Such well, a small, petty thing. Yeah, it's almost like the first story ever told sort of involves the same thing. Oh, Adam, look who knows shit now. Yeah. Get out! Think you're so smart. <laughs> think you're so smart with your knowledge. God Good was just evil. jealous. He's like, I wanted to fuck Eve, man. Come on. <laughs> Zeus gets to fuck all these geese. I can't fuck my one creation. <laughs> Fine. I guess I'll just wait until Mary. <laughs> yeah. I made this thing. It's super smart and impressive. Wait, it now that I'm thinking about to be it. That's smart. Thoreau, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> well, God, Mary, Mary being God's rebound for Eve. <laughs> Sorry, this is getting really, uh, we're getting down some weird paths here. Uh, he couldn't find a yeah. single girl. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. It's more it's more fun when you get him to cheat, I guess. <laughs> All of Judea. There was. <laughs> That's his fetish. Yeah. Like the, it was Kinnison. Somebody like, All right, well, that better be all of God's kids. <laughs> I'm not going to raise. Right. Um, let's see. Uh, we get the scene where they break into the orgosphere. Um, all the stuff with the suits. 
and the multicolored suits and <laughs> the bits. Yeah, the the bit about the buttons and the colors making sense to Mantis. <laughs> I love that. That that's where James Gunn shines. Is the like uh, it's like Alien had the like trash truck drivers in space. These are like idiots who would be running a McDonald's overnight in space. Yes, mm-hmm. you know, where it's like, well, like, how did you get here? How did this situation get so stupid? <laughs> and it's so human at the same time. Ask yeah. any electrician. Yeah. It's uh, none of our color codes make sense well, in any they, situation. They all come across as being like underslept. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just like, I'm just fucking tired, man. Another adventure. God damn it. That's what I want. It's like Tony Stark. There were moments where we, where we got that. But most of the Marvel heroes are like, fuck yeah, another adventure. I'm going to save the world. The Guardians are like, shit, can we just like eat Zark nut? Yeah. Can we just well, relax? That, that's why the stakes had to be that high. Because you're right. What else would have gotten Peter to stop drinking? What would have gotten mm-hmm. any, any of them to care? Well, and the stakes aren't that high. It's not like the high evolutionary is going to get Rocket's brain and change the world overnight no no this whole thing is just gonna kill their friend it's just personal it's just to save rock just personal this has the smallest stakes since ant-man the first one maybe maybe you're right but the personal stakes yeah yeah but you're right but the personal but it has the highest stakes emotionally because this is a character that we have seen in what i think five four movies now um prior to this one uh, but I, I think the Guardians have been dismissing distress calls for a while. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They're not doing their Guardians-y shit. When they left Thor, they didn't do much, which is interesting, because how did they get here after leaving Thor in Love and Thunder? It, 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 you know, it's not, not to get completely distracted from that question. Um, this is a lot like Iron Man 3. Hmm. Happy gets hurt and sends Tony on a fucking rampage that is relatively foolish. Hijinks right. ensue. The situation gets out of hand. Yeah. Weird. I didn't. Yeah. The, the stakes are the same, too. It's like, you hurt my friend. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. That's what it comes down to. But a uh, werewolf by night. That was the uh, whole. Yeah. Conceit of that. Like, you've got my friend. Yeah. I'm not even judging this whole scene. Your whole vibe. I'm not judging. You have yeah. my friend. Yeah, um, I guess they left Thor and basically just came back to nowhere <laughs> to hang out. I assume that they stopped a bunch of places on the way because it seems like they've adventures. been adventuring a lot, and I don't think that those adventures were free or well, uh, like pre-end game. I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, no, 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 gone. no. It, it that's true. It definitely seems like they were doing a lot. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. So, well, so there's a lot I we think, just didn't see. Yes. Like a, like a Star Wars. I think I th- <laughs> just like I think Peter had sort of a, a a peak and then he's gone to hit rock bottom cuz in the Christmas special he's clearly depressed. They're trying to cheer him up. That's the whole point. But he's obviously not like bender drunk yet. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think after Love and Thunder, they had some stuff and then he just started slowly getting more depressed. Well, and it's implied that they just encountered Gamora recently for the first time and he was mm. a little bitch about it. Yeah. What do you mean I'm like that? What do you mean? I love that fucking reaction. He's less, he brings it up, but he's less affected by the fact that he almost fucked up 
the infinity plan, you know, like they had Thanos, they had him. They just had him. Yeah. And it was well, and Peter. It, Peter would have been fine if Gamora had died, mm-hmm. you know, not fine. He would have been like, I killed my girlfriend and wrecked the universe, but we all came yeah. back. But since she's back and she's an asshole, <laughs> he has to yeah. see that and deal with that every day. I feel like this happened quickly. Like, like they're like, dude, what the fuck? You were fine. And then we saw Gamora. Mm-hmm. I love yep. that James Gunn can do a bunch of stuff like this and it we can build it in our heads and not have it be like, well, we're having to create this in our heads for the movie right. to work. You know, right. there have been a lot of instances yeah. of that lately. Like we were trying to figure out how Shazam worked. Ugh. We're like, well, if we give them this much credit, you know, they'll right. Where is, it comes together. Yeah. Whereas James Gunn just is it's, so... It's like Star Wars. Yeah, it just works. You know? It just like works. I don't know. I don't know what happened in between, but it was probably exciting, but not as exciting as this. Mm-hmm. That's right. how Star Wars always felt. Like they were like, uh, "What does Obi Wan and Anakin say to each other?" They're like, "Oh, that time yes. you saved me on that one planet." <laughs> yeah, like, no, 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 that like, one doesn't count. <laughs> like, like, that's what that shit me- feels like. Yeah, that meme. There is a meme out there where it's like, "Ah, oh, we fought together in the Clone Wars." It was like people in the seventies, like. The what? That's right. That is literally how I felt at like five, six years old. Being like, the what now? I still want to know what the Journal of the Wills is from that first fucking novelization. Just hearing the Clone Wars. That's hilarious that you brought that up because someone just sent that to me like two minutes ago. Huh. Two minutes ago? Wow. I saw it recently. Um, Yeah. Like, yeah, that meme. Damn. Like you fought in the Clone Wars, the what? Yeah, the <laughs> the zoomed in face that that meme. Uh, this reminds me of like, so how did World War Two go? Oh wait, what year is it? What do you mean World War Two? <laughs> or yeah, the, the one guy that called World War One World War One. Yeah. <laughs> like, wait, wait a minute. Like stop. What are you? Stop saying that, Jeff. He's like, I thought the Great <laughs> War was a fine title. <laughs> Uh, there's gonna be another one so uh yeah they break into the orgosphere uh we get a uh needle drop of uh in the meantime by space hog this is one of my favorite needle drops in this movie i've listened to this song probably a hundred times since the movie came out because of this um the phone tone that the whole thing is built around Mm mm-hmm you hear that phone tone i love this needle drop because you see the high evolutionary finding out that rocket is smarter than him. And then you get the like, he's like, he has a busy signal. Mm. I was like, (laughs) I was like, there's a lot happening like audio audio wise right now, that they're just kind of feeding us with that. Cause that's yeah. He's so damn good. This movie in general, I think has some of my favorite needle drops of all time in some ways, certainly in the guardians film, which films which have a lot of great needle drops but um i'm gonna i've set aside at the end a uh soundtrack guardian soundtrack okay. section so we can this, talk about that a little this has some of the strongest and i think some of the weakest mm. in the guardians movies hmm. all right well that's interesting that you have a little uh sub yeah yeah interesting to talk about cool yeah i just didn't like i didn't like crazy on you at all i thought it was a bad choice for uh adam warlock to arrive on if knowing about the whole Jesus Christ superstar thing, how great would it have been to be the overture to that? The bum bum bum. I, I well, let's talk about it in this yeah, little segment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've, uh, 
<laughs> but um, so all right, so the uh, yes, they break in, they meet Nathan Fillion. Um, they uh, which, which again, James Gunn. This the other thing he does well: casual conversations that just drag on way too long. Yeah, for no reason. He loves to stop for bits, but it never feels like we're. It never feels like we're stopping for bits. Everything Marvel does feels like they are copying what James Gunn does here. Mm-hmm. I mean, we saw that James Gunnness in that movie we watched recently. That super low budget, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that that was nothing but fun yeah. conversations, like an early Noah Bombeck mm-hmm. movie. Yeah, exactly. Like you you got to just be listening. The Russos do do it really lean and mean. They're the only other ones that like yeah. pull this off, but it's like quick. It's like whereas these are just conversations. It's oh like, yeah, when you guys sitting in the toilet dude. next to each other, kind of thing, like talking <laughs> yeah. to the stalls. They you were know, leaning. Yeah, he's like, and then I gotta. He makes the car thing and, <laughs> it and made embarrasses it that dude. Just <laughs> well, and I'm sure we've all been there. And if you haven't been there, people are making shit up, and you're saying that you understand them. Yes. Yeah, you just haven't been aware. Yeah, if you don't have a Todd in your friend group, sorry, you're Todd. Well, no, no, I, I love Dane Cook. I love the way he. Uh, I love the way the one guy leans forward. He's like, "What? What? I, I thought you said something else." Yeah, he's like covering for himself. That's how it happens. That's exactly how those conversations happen. Because every like, day no. he has to take shit from his boss, and he just can't win. No. <laughs> yeah, day. I feel bad for that guy. Actually. Yeah. The boss's kid, whatever, whatever. Yeah, no, because it's it's. I, I've seen both situations, like where it's like, like, oh man, my boss is just a dick to me, and we're just like, this fucking guy working for me, man. God damn it, he's an idiot. Uh, so um, they they uh do some. We get, uh, yeah, I'm not going to go through every beat of this, but basically they're sneaking, fighting, hostages. Groot ends up flying the ship into the sphere. Um, and it looked fucking cool. Yeah. It yeah. looked cool. I love that that's the question that he asks. Yes. I love the ongoing bit about Gamora not being able to understand him. Well, and it's it's interesting watching it again. Uh, the We all speak Groot thing later on. We'll get, the, we'll get to that. But it's there's more and more stuff that we can understand contextually that Groot is saying than in previous movies. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Cause like before, before he was like, I am Groot. And they're all like, what? Squidge. We're like, Oh shit. I have no idea what he said, but it was really right. bad to say to a parent figure. Whereas right. everything he says in this movie is contextualized like lightly through the conversation around him. And so we subconsciously yeah. are like, Oh, I know what he's saying. That's it's a good point. It's really clever. It's really, really yeah. well done. And from the yeah. first one that you know, they're walking across the thing. He's like, "Mantis, can't you just touch him and make him feel better?" I am rude. Like that. No, yeah. From the <laughs> like, like, yeah, you're right. We knew that's what he was saying. Mm-hmm. Just you know, the dim-witted, the cliff clavedness of it. Yeah. <laughs> James Gunn writes these characters so fucking well. It's it's crazy. It it's is. crazy watching Filoni writing his characters that he loves, and sometimes it's not he doesn't bat a hundred. Whereas James Gunn with his characters, every time, yeah, he I, bats a hundred. I am beyond excited to see what he does with the DC universe because it's. I, I am very curious. Superman <laughs> will be everything. It w- okay. No, fair, fair. DC has such a spotty track record. I guess it's hard to be oh, really excited. Go, but, uh, yeah, Superman will like, will. 
make or break the entire DC impossible. You're telling me you you think James Gunn can top a baby in a microwave? (laughs) (laughs) I hope he makes a baby in a microwave joke. I mean, all I've got to say is already I'm I, I see his casting is better than anyone that yeah that uh uh, uh what's his face Snyder cast the oh fucking, well, it's fucking what's her face Miss Maisel, Maisel is That's Lois Lane the perfect Lois Lane the most perfect Lois Lane I could imagine yeah I didn't and I didn't even consider her and once once That's I read love it, affair I like, with journalism <laughs> yeah. he's a fast typer and a fast talker. um so we get another flashback of the lab animals they talk about flying away into the sky they give themselves their names oh jesus christ (laughs) these i know just got punching oh kids bambi what was that Ryan? this is going to be a whole new generation of kids bambi because i remember watching bambi as a little kid and being like traumatized by it sure I think this is going to do that same thing to a lot of like nine and 10 year olds who are just not ready for this. Um, the never ending story with yeah, that, that fucking that horse. They're, that got me as a kid. Vortex. Yeah. Yeah. That, that fucking killed me as a kid. Um, this one, there was another, he, and it wasn't like a. He died of sadness. Um, the last unicorn also got me when I was a kid. So he so real quick, he mentions it a little later to Peter that he had visited our planet and admired yeah. many things about our planet, but obviously he thought it was imperfect and he took subjects because later we see that on the printed thing, North American raccoon, yada da da. So I think yeah. like his idea was that I, I like Earth, I like what you came up with it. I don't like humans. Well, what if the animals evolved instead? Yeah. And it turns out again, same thing as they have jobs. And fucking, you know, there's a mailman. Like, it sucks. It still sucks. Like, they still have capitalism and they still have yeah. <laughs> work until you die ethic. Uh, yeah, it's still the same society, in essence. Still is, the there, same. is there a communist country on the other side of the of counter-Earth? <laughs> exactly. I wonder. Yeah. Did I, that developed, too? I wonder how big the uh, racism is there where, like, you know, the bat people, you don't, right. you don't date the rabbit people. <laughs> Like we were saying, yeah, maybe that didn't get recorded, but we were. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder be, if there is uh, interracial marriages. If I were a bat and I couldn't I'd be fly, if I were a bat. I'd be so <laughs> mad. I'd yeah. Like, Give I, me this stupid face and these sensitive ears and I'm stuck walking around. And I have to live my life in the day. In the day. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. I'm nocturnal, bitches. What the fuck is this society? Listen, uh, male. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know. Uh yeah, so uh Adam and Aisha, meanwhile, travel to counter Earth. Peter, Groot, and Nebula take the Buick and head to uh the uh Arete. Oh, the Arete. first F bomb in a Guardians franchise. Yeah. Is it in the MCU? They've um, almost said it. What the and then cut lots of times. Yeah. I don't know, but Peter finally is like, yeah, now open the fucking door. <laughs> did, did the animals design the cars or did the high evolutionary just steal like a catalog? That's what I'm talking about. Like, 
How right. much did he interfere in their societal <laughs> right. evolution? Right, because if he just... At what point did they realize they needed a paper mail system? <laughs> no, right? Yeah, no, no, because either he set it up to look just like the Midwest in the night, late early 80s, late 70s, or like Josh was saying, the... it just evolved that way. <laughs> right, I'm talking the min- minutia. Counter-Earth uh, was only brought into creation, uh, what, 15, 20 years ago, uh, depending on how old Rocket is. is. Um, So, like, yeah, uh, the high evolutionary, he had to, he couldn't just wait for them to figure out a Buick. He's trying or um, shag carpeting. He's like, (laughs) no, he did that. That was a choice. Macrame pillows. I have a certain aesthetic in mind. (laughs) Yeah. When I visited Earth, (laughs) there was a little thing called disco. He he evolved these creatures by a million years and just dropped them into his version of of a planet. Uh, Yeah, it's a terrarium, basically. Yeah, everything he creates is like that uh, a treehouse of horror Simpsons, where you know Lisa accidentally creates that society in the petri dish. Yeah. Oh yeah. And and Bart becomes the devil. She's the god. Yeah. Mm So every every time a high evolutionary does something, it's kind of like that. It, it, it's he's sometimes he leaves it to <laughs> float in the galaxy. Sometimes he pays attention. With Counter Earth, he's base. It's basically the same as like when you get like a castle and put it in your fish tank. Yep. He's decorating it for them. I think he settled on Counter Earth because of the real estate and property values <laughs> were so affordable. Because <laughs> it's late seventies America, you could buy a house very cheaply on Counter Earth. In 1975. Hard to fill your tank with gas, but... Uh, That's right. Easy to buy a house. <laughs> that damn peanut eater was in the White House. <laughs> By peanut eater, I mean gerbil. So uh, Drax and Mantis stay in the suburb with Gamora and Rocket while uh, Groot... President Nebula. Gerbil Carter? Is that what you're getting at? Gerbil sure. Carter. Uh, uh, we get- um Sorry, I wonder if this wasn't a choice by a gun uh, because of when Counter-Earth in the comics was created in our time, mm. in the in 70s. Uh-huh. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. yeah. That's as far as... Um, so, anyway, back to the plot. Yeah, so uh, we get another flashback. Rocket uh, frees his friends so they can run away, but the high evolutionary shows up and kills Lila. Um, Rocket is enraged and mauls the high evolutionary's face. Okay, I, I'm going to bring it back to Brian's point as far as traumatic moments. Rocket's scream of anguish. Uh, Bradley Cooper Channel did this something for this animated character because that is just, ooh, it's shattering. The way he just screams with anguish and rage I, and frustration. I, he deserves a an award for this performance. It's crazy. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, he does. He does the baby rocket voice too, right? I think is that so. him yeah. also? Yeah, I believe like, so. Yeah, there's a ton well, of emotion I mean, yeah. in that, which is crazy because it's just a furry animated character. It's crazy to me how but much... But I think a, it's the same. Yeah. It's crazy to me how much emotion I feel from a CGI raccoon. Or tree. Yeah. Like yeah. we were saying, this was the one where we understood him the most. As a as a character, this is the first time that Rocket truly knows grief. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. The very first time. He's had a very happy life time. with his friends. Uh, okay, he's a little shit on by dad. But, like, pure grief, this is it. And it just explodes. Yeah. And then, and then he sees it repeated throughout his life. You know, he, even so that, like, you know, right up to conversations with Thor, where Thor's like, you know, I have nothing left to lose. Rocket's like, me, I, I don't know. I got stuff to lose. I still have things to lose. I've lost people. Well, and then, yeah. And then, uh, Tiefs and Floor end up dying also. Um, mm-hmm. the rocket is able to, uh, get himself a ship and f- escape. Oh, we have, did we point out that Rocket has been picking up little items every time that he talks yeah. to High Evolutionary? You see him like looking at stuff and then just like stuffing it into his collar constantly. Yeah. And he ends up. I, with- He's a scavenger by trade, like by he's a little nature. raccoon. He's a raccoon. Yes, he's a raccoon. Damn it, he's just yes. But um, they he, will and he steal ends up, shiny objects. And he ends up making a uh, a key card for yeah. to unlock well, their cages that he carries with him in every movie, every scene in every movie. He's wearing that thing. Yeah, he's he always keeps it with him. And at the well, we'll get yeah. to the point at the end where he uses it again. But um. So uh, they arrive at the labs. Nebula is forced to wait outside by the guards as Peter and Groot go inside. Uh, Drax. <laughs> she has to wait with Bebop and Rocksteady. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, Drax tricks Mantis into following them. Um, <laughs> Just going to ride the moped back to the ship right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do some donuts and then right. God back. damn it. That is such a big brother, like a dumb big brother thing to do. Yeah. yeah. Where are we going? We're going and to her, the creek now. <laughs> her immediate scream, too. Yeah. God. Uh, perfect. Uh, meanwhile, Adam attacks the ship. Um, Gamora saves Rocket from being captured by Adam. Um, and then uh, the high, <laughs> the, the pig guy. Um, Meanwhile, I think it was a she. She oh, a pig girl. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, who was the voice War actress? Warpig. Um, it was somebody famous. Yeah. Uh, dang War, it. Let's see. Warpig was. And who's also movies? These movies. Uh, she was in Ant Man. What's her name? Uh, the ex Evangeline. Evangeline. Oh, the ex. No. The ex-wife. Oh, um, oh, Judy Greer is yes, Judy, yes. Greer. Judy Greer. That's Judy Greer is pig. Awesome. <laughs> I knew it her husband or yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, D. Dad. pig. And D. Bradley Baker voiced Blurp, uh, noted uh, voice actor. He does all of the R two D two. No, not no, not Ken. That's Ken Baker. Kenny Baker. Oh, Kenny R2. Baker. That's right. D. Brad- is he the clones? He's the clones. He plays all the That's clones. That's right. He's the bad batch, basically. Yeah. <laughs> also, I thought I thought Cosmo was Ana de Armas until I saw the credits. I don't know who she actually was. She's but the chick from Borat. Like her. It's the, the girl from Borat. Oh, the one that Giuliani yeah. uh, fixed his pants in her general oh. direction. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> fucking guy. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, she's incredible. Speaking of voicing, though, real super quick, Arlene Sorkin passed away. She didn't yeah. get as uh, much attention as Bob Barker, but the original Harley Quinn. Yeah, yeah, she did. Rest in peace. 
Um, I guess I should mention a couple of the other like voice things like Tara Strong voiced um, uh, Mainframe, uh, who was that was that was Miley Cyrus She's in Miss Volume Mi- Two. Oh, oh, that's right. Tara Strong's Miss Minutes, and she's a famous voice actor. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, let's see. Um, Michaela Hoover is Floor, and uh, Asim Chaudhry is uh, Teefs. Oh, uh, wasn't he? Is he Mo? Is that the guy from Mo? I forget where he's from. He is. He's from England. It sounds like. Yeah, he is definitely. British. Uh, he was in Wonder Woman, nineteen eighty four. Uh, Walrus gets some work. He does. He but was it, also in Barbie. <laughs> huh. As uh, a walrus, uh, <laughs> as a warehouse employee. Uh, oh, he plays. Oh, he's Abel in the Sandman. Oh, oh, oh that guy. He was in the Flash. Yeah. yeah. Okay, it's a, buries, it's a different guy that I'm thinking of. Yeah. Is he buries his boss? Um. But yeah, he was Kane in in Salmon. I know who you mean. He looks like. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> he looks like some guy. Yeah. Um, all right. So, anyways, um, Peter, uh, and meets with the High Evolutionary, who says he doesn't like the uh, imperfect society that the Animen have. So he destroys Counter Earth. He um, killing. All the Animen, um, Aisha dies too. Um, Arit yeah. departs as a spaceship. Nebula, Drax, and Mantis all uh, get on board while it's departing to rescue Peter and Groot, who instead escape Arit with Thiel, uh, getting the code from his corpse before being rescued by Gamora in their ship. Yeah. <sighs> Fucking genius. I love this plan. <laughs> I love everything about this plan. Put the guns inside the kid and had turned the kid into an airplane. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the plan. Uh, <laughs> like it's fucking genius. Gamora almost kills them because she doesn't know how to fly their ship. Yeah. Right. This is this is one of my only gripes about this movie was the odds of her flying in that direction and ending at that point are astronomically small and it was just a little I was like is this necessary for this tension to be here <laughs> that's Kismet. all Kismet. Yeah. yeah I guess so it's true it's the force <laughs> just anything that happens that doesn't make sense is the force uh, right wrong franchise um, anyways um, so uh, uh, Peter um, starts using the code to try to save Rocket who flatlines and has a near-death experience where he reunites with Lila. Oh, my God. I was... It was waterworks for me in this scene. Um, Lila tells him his time hasn't come yet. He said, can I come? And she says, of course. Of course. But not yet. Um, Just before that, there was the whole scene where Mantis was defending uh, Drax's stupidity. (laughs) Yes. Um, and then has to wipe his mind so he doesn't remember that she said those things. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yes, he's stupid, but he's fun. Yes, uh, he's my idiot kind of thing. Um, so yeah, they're able to use the code. They disable the kill switch and restart Rocket's heart. Uh, Drax, Nebula, and Mantis. <laughs> he should have played Kickstarter by Heart by Motley Crue. <laughs> 
Uh, they uh, find uh, a lot of genetically modified kids uh, in a REIT before being captured. So they're his next experiment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other guardians decide to stage a rescue mission uh, that uh, leads to a battle against the high evolutionary's forces. Um, they kind of spawn. Yeah. Uh, they end up just kind of crashing into the ship. Um, they all reunite, and then we get the fucking hallway scene. I I oh, like I that, that the team is separated um, and just miss each other in passing. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a classic. I mean, that's like some Star Wars shit, too. But for them to get onto the ship while they're getting off the ship at the same right. time. Yes. Is that, that's where I want the tension to be, you know? Totally. Mm-hmm. Um, How discordant they often are for yeah. being a team. It's mm. it's like the U.S. military uh, and all the other <laughs> militaries yeah. are are we are chaos. Expect chaos at all times from yeah. the American right. military. Yes. and our cooperation with each other. Yeah, well, because we use it to our advantage. I mm. mean, it's like institutionally, the military thrives on a little bit of chaos. But uh, right. yeah, so do the guardians. Yeah, absolutely. This military propaganda. Welcome mm-hmm. to my TED talk. No, but they they showed it even when they were at the Bat People's home, you know, sitting around the table. Just again, how discordant they can be, you know. Ne- they're yelling at Drax about laying down. Nebula is impressed with the refreshing beverage that they have. It's I, just like I thought all you said the different- bad, the bad people. Josh. I was yeah, like, when you know, go to the, the bad, bad people. people's house. I was like, is that really his house? <laughs> Then all of a sudden you're looking through my drawings. <laughs> Who's this person standing with this mommy? Yeah. There's daddy, right? <laughs> okay. So um yeah, they uh we get the, the hallway fight. It's all one shot. Uh so to cool. uh no sleep till Brooklyn. And so many classic rocket poses from the comic strip. Mm. where his legs are in the air like Spidey and he's kind of shooting down um, the like gu- guns in the air over his head. Yeah. I love a that, lot of- that every single member of the Guardians got to have their moment like uh, yeah. as the focus uh-huh. in their own unique way. Like Star-Lord puts a mine on the guy's dick and then it explodes. <laughs> yeah. But they're like um, rolling off of each other's backs and stuff like like we were just saying they are discordant but in this moment those doors open up cuz they didn't have a plan. They didn't discuss anything but rockets like I'm tired of running. Like I'm going to go through. That's the only way through this problem is is through. Um so that's cool. This is my other needle drop that I don't particularly care for. Really? I fucking love yeah. this song. I just think, and I get that, like he he wanted something something slow because it's a slow song. It's like dragging slow. Mm -hmm. But there are so many other songs I think that would have worked. That like this is like one of the most famous songs from the Beastie Boys. It's just weird for it to be this song of all songs. I I mean, mean, it was like I'm glad it wasn't sabotage sabotage again. Yeah, yeah, I would I'm have complained glad. about that just as yeah, much. People love yeah. to use that one. Yeah, I'm glad it wasn't sabotage. I don't know what I'm, else would have been good there. Honestly, it's um, just weird because it's they're in space. <laughs> they no are. sleep till Brooklyn is like a thing. I want people to like fight through the like the tunnel to get into you know into New York to kill zombies or something <laughs> they, um, uh, or, like uh, rob a bank. Intergalactic, maybe then. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. 
Um, Kid Rock or something. I'm just kidding. <laughs> bow to bow to bow to bang bow. Limp Biscuit. Um, <laughs> they did it all for the mouth. <laughs> push. Oh my god. <laughs> push, <laughs> man. Fuck. Oh my god. I can't get that song stuck out out, out of my head. So um, if you haven't like listened to the on Spotify or Apple Music, like look up the God's his version from this. Yeah, his. Oh version. my god. Because he's so. Oh, like he's into all the different emphasizes oh. so many so many <laughs> I'm gonna push you yeah. out yeah I will <laughs> alright anyway uh, Katie and I have been singing that at each other for weeks man God. you know cause he's a singer he started on the Mickey Mouse Club and shit you know yeah. he is he's quite a, a good singer but he's, he's doing so all good. of the no, doing, that he can be it, bad is it the Goo Goo Dolls is that no yeah, uh, Matchbox 20 Matchbox yeah. No, no, but he he's doing all of that like '90s bad white guy soulful. Oh, yeah, Eddie Vedder. Uh, so, anyways, uh, meanwhile, um, they've contacted Craglin. Um, he fires on Arit with nowhere. Um, and then uh, they start saving nowhere's uh, uh. Citizens from a counterattack um, by the Hellspawn. Um, the High Evolutionary's crew mutiny, but he kills them all. Um, I love that as they're pairing up, as the plan goes, and he's like, Cragula, back in action. <laughs> yeah. I guess that's a mashup of <laughs> Nebula and Craglin. Cragula. <laughs> um, uh, Mantis? Uh, that entire planet of people dies. Oh, yeah. Yes. Just kind of quietly happening underneath us yeah. in the movie is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, 15 years, that's a good run for most of those animals, right? I know how God is. Probably. Uh, so, uh, uh, let's see. Mantis uh, befriends the uh, Abelisks, the three big <laughs> monsters guys that she rides. That we I love this choice. I love this choice so much. This is such a simple way to show that she is special. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where you know? she, uh, Nebula's been shitting down her throat the, the whole movie. It's like, you're useless. Yeah. yeah. You're what, stupid yeah. and useless. I you're love how every member of the Guardians gets their time. Every, like, not a, he doesn't mm-hmm. neglect any of them. Yeah. Yeah. Even Kraken. Yeah, Craglin gets a little too much love for me. Even even Howard makes his third appearance. Yeah. But, um, ah, damn, what was I? Carry on. Sorry. Oh, Mantis and those creatures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it further strengthens his underlying point of like different levels of intelligence. You know, Mm -hmm. like who gets to say what's a higher life form and what's not? Because in the second. Guardians, we see Drax split one of those things open from the inside and, and outside. Well, they both yeah. do ne- it at the same time. Yeah. Nebula did, technically. Yeah. Or Gamora, she she slides Oh, Gamora does, you're right. The sword. But you know what I mean? We saw one of them slaughtered. And then it took Mantis to remind us, like, they eat batteries. They don't eat people. We, right. You know, they're, we, they're worried we about that. what we're going to do to them. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. And they're interdimensional creatures. Yes. Yeah. The they power not, cosmic like comes out of their mouth. Yeah. That, they like they're not from our plane of existence. Yeah. Which is you really know what cool. I mean, right? Like that. Yeah. The that, rainbows, uh, rainbowy the, like thing that yeah. James Gunn uses. The rainbow pop power cosmic. The skittle breath. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> there you go. I tasted the rainbow. <laughs> this is what happened. Uh, um, Rocket discovers a cage full of baby raccoons and a bunch of other imprisoned animals. This is where he gets to use the key to open up their cage and rescue them. All the baby raccoons clinging to him. Yeah, he just puts them all on him. So sweet. And and they don't say anything, but he's from Earth as well. Yeah. Like Peter. Like Peter. He finally realizes he is a raccoon. Mm-hmm. Um, but just then, the High Evolutionary attacks him. The other Guardians show up, and they uh, f- help fight the High Evolutionary. Um, at the end, he's laying there faceless, and Rocket chooses not to kill him. Um, which, you know, that's that right there. That is, like, that's obviously the, you know, emotional center of, like, who Rocket is as a person and character is like the big thing is he's not going to kill the high evolutionary well but he kills people he is a murderer rocket start he just walks in and starts blasting people no rocket kills a lot of people but he He kills a lot of people in all these movies so i this is a cool way to close that arc of him being now like quill not gonna kill anybody come on man the guardian yeah, of the freaking galaxy it's the way that like you know you you can be pro military to the hilt and be like anti-death penalty you know like that paradox kind of he's like no no he needs to live with this yeah bullshit look at him with his face ripped off like at least I long enough until before. the ship explodes yeah yep. so well yep. well that's an force majeure <laughs> there is a deleted scene of him and in nowhere. And if you look closely, you can see Groot carrying him over his shoulder. Hmm. So Groot gets him out of the exploding ship. He survives this movie. Interesting. Spoiler alert. I know we're not there yet. He lives. But um, so it would uh, make sense to keep him at all. If they do go ahead with Secret Wars, it would make sense to um, keep him because he obviously can either terraform or create societies rather quickly. Well, and he has a vendetta against them, and Kang will use him. Yeah, as a like tool. it could be one That's of his planets. Thought. Don't you know what I mean? Like one of his abandoned planets, or one of his, you know, where he started yeah. a project and it failed. Instead of the Beyonder, <clears throat> excuse me, the Beyonder, just putting him up some rando. Uh, okay, I don't want to complain too much about Secret Invasion really quickly, but uh, <laughs> oh, Invasion uh, that that here's <laughs> here's that another bad. guy. He I can meant Secret make, Wars. He can make planets. He can make a planet. He can make a planet. Mm. I don't know if he can make a planet from scratch. That's why I said terraforming like, quotes. You like, know, like the Genesis project. Sure. But Star he does it. Trick. He does it for money. Mm. <laughs> He's a private like, dancer. They could work it for money. You know, I feel well, about okay, that song. I mean, here's the worst thing. song ever. <laughs> um, <laughs> I I. Why didn't they just pay the high evolutionary and make the fucking scrolls a planet? Why God didn't they oh. drop the scrolls on any of the on hundreds or dozens of planets that seem to be mostly uninhabited? Well, well yeah. okay, let's just talk about the two that are uninhabited. One being uh, Titan, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't that what that's called? And then the yeah. other being the garden, yeah. which has plants and shit growing on it. Like, right, an ecosystem. But between Thor, Love, and Thunder and this one, like we, we see a and the guardians in general, we see a lots of planets. We see many, many planets that seem to have like a village. 
<laughs> and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. The scrolls good to get kind of fucked. It's like Carol Danvers is, was like the weed dealer who was constantly on their way. Yeah. It's, but never <laughs> arrived. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I left 15 minutes ago. I know it's only five minutes away, but I had to stop somewhere real quick. Um, I'd be like, well, this is before cell phones. So how are you calling me? I think that Marvel. You're obviously not them, on your way. They open themselves up to this question being asked forever now mm. because this is not a thing that they can go back and fix. No. You well. know? Because they kind of close that off. And now they're going to fix it. They're going to give them a planet and get them off of the earth, I'm sure, at some point. Whatever. Sure. Well, I could but talk like, for hours about the shittiness, the way they handled that. But. Oh, yeah. The secret but, invasion was a misstep in every possible way. It was so But yeah. this is, this just makes me ask more questions about that. And this came out before this, mm-hmm. or this came out before Secret Invasion did. It's just crazy to me that, that they didn't look at this and say, wait, there's another planet opportunity. Fuck, man. That's like three of them. People are going to notice this, right? Right? I noticed it, and I'm stupid. I think people (laughs) notice it. And how long is Rhodey been? Never mind. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that. We we should do an episode on that show just so we can complain about it for now. Well, there are several Marvel shows. I think we've tossed it around. But anyways, wherever we are. That one would be quick and dirty. (laughs) Very dirty. Yeah, it would be an episode. Um, So, all right. Um, They help the animals escape to nowhere. Peter almost dies trying to cross over, but he's saved by Adam, who had a change of heart after being saved by Groot uh, from a reed. I love this. I love everything about this. Um, The Da Vinci. uh, The creation of man. Creation of man. Homage. Yeah. Oh, right. Yes. Just the, just the way that he's leaning. He's like leaning at the stupid angle and everything. <laughs> Wait, is, is that Da Vinci? Or... Uh, it's Michelangelo. Oh, yeah, sorry. That's, yeah. That's the chapel. But yes, creation of Adam. Yeah. yeah. Or Adam. Thank you. Not man. Uh, so everyone's safe in nowhere. We get a uh, denouement. Peter says he's going to leave the Guardians. He says Rocket's the captain of the Guardians now. Um, Mantis. (laughs) I'm the captain now. (laughs) Mantis is going to leave with the Abelisks. Gamora reunites with the Ravagers. Nebula and Drax remain on nowhere to help uh, raise the rescued children. Uh, Gamora can finally understand Groot. Yes. 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 She's picked it up. Um, and, uh, I want to real quick, we, we kind of jumped over, but Gamora says something very important to Peter that I think is, is sort of what changes him. where she's like, what is it inside of you that is so broken that I have to be something mm-hmm. else for you? Like it, it, they don't linger on it, but that's a very impactful statement. Yeah. You know, like well, th- that I exist. She says to him, I, I'm sure we were fun. At like the very end, yeah. Yes. Acknowledging, like, okay, I guess I see it, but like, I see it. That, I see your charm. Yeah. 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 Like, I thought that that was a cool, like, gift to his character instead of him getting the fucking kiss and the girl, because I didn't want that. She needs no. to be the most dangerous woman in the fucking galaxy. And we finally got the Gamora that we were supposed to, not, not, I'm not to complain, like, her character was mishandled or anything. But she's always been dangerous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now she Nebula even says that. Yeah. Now she feels fucking dangerous. Yeah, man. she does. It's great. She does. Uh Peter goes home to reunite with his grandfather. Um, and to learn how to swim. Yeah. 
and, and all of this is done to uh, the dog days are over, uh, which is the final big needle drop of the film. Well, I, I guess pre-credits anyways. Um, and credits roll. Um, shit. No, no, no. <laughs> all right. God damn it. The needle drop okay? was what? Right before uh, d- Dog days are over. Yeah. The yes. So we the see Drax. Sorry. Drax finally. So here's some watershed moments. Drax finally dances. Yes. Groot finally speaks English or m- parrots English and says, I love well, you guys. We understood Groot as the. Yes. He could have just. Fourth wall. That's, that's true. Yeah. You're that right. Was Guns, that was his intention. By him Groot. Yeah. yeah. We finally. Yes. Which, and, um, which was incredible. Fourth wall weirdness. Well, and I mean, and I, I love nebulous. Thing. Vin Diesel had yeah. to learn a second line. <laughs> he had to learn it. He had a, he had a voice. He coach. had to come in on his weekend for that one. <laughs> on his day off in the park is the yacht. Uh, well, no, they just, they just took it from fast and the furious. Cause he says, I love you guys. In all I love you guys. Sure. Yeah. He does. It's about family. Um, and nebula points out that just Drax like Applebee's. Is... I wish he had said <laughs> it's all, this whole movie is about family. <laughs> It's like, brute, shut up already. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. With this we, let, guy. we let you drive. That should be enough. I like Nebula says that he's not Drax the Destroyer. He's Drax the dad. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I, I love that, you know. Because, like, and he understood the kid's language. Yeah. Jube, jube. Jube, jube. Well, and it if means we, friend. If we think back and remember in the first one, like his wife and family were killed and the whole thing was yeah. him yes. taking revenge for the death Out of his family. daughter. Oh, Drax's whole comics. monkey dance. Oh, <laughs> beep, beep. Beep, beep, beep. Is that supposed to be a monkey? But it works. It's, it does yeah, work. It's, it's Drax the dead. It's because you're about, doing something stupid. You're about to say to yourself, why would they have monkeys on his planet? And then he starts doing something that is very unmonkey. <laughs> so it fits. And yeah, you like as he's, Drax. He's evolves. dancing the robot. Yeah. 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 So yeah, Drax has a lot of dad jokes, if you notice. Like after he becomes being so hard, maybe it's Mantis, but you know, like he speaks very bluntly, like, oh, you're very ugly. You know, like a dad. <laughs> like he doesn't remember <laughs> your friend's name. He's the ugly one. He addresses one of those kids as the he says, hello, one. moron. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, your dumb friend, Gary. Yeah, Gary, the dumb one. Um, so the main kid out of this group of kids is Philavel, yes. supposedly. Um, Philavel and Moondragon were two characters, uh, some of the first gay characters in Marvel, I think, whatever, mm. whatever. But oh. they both kind of had Drax as a paternal figure at different moments. Um, one was actually his daughter at one point. Philavel, mm. I think, was actually his daughter. It's complicated. Drax's history is that the is one weird. who appears in the mid credit scene? Yes. Yeah. Mm. Yes. With the one she, she should become. Well, who is Philavel? She's she's not Moon Dragon. She has either. the power cosmic because around yeah. her hands is that like like Captain Marvel has as well the the random yeah, like, the Skittles the Skittles power. <laughs> Um, Philavel is the daughter of Marvel, mm. uh, wow. who was the first Captain Marvel. Um, and oh, uh, the character would be later known as Quasar, Captain Marvel, and Martyr at mm. various different okay. points. 
Quasar so yeah, it's yeah, it's Quasar and Moon Dragon um, in that like Infinity Watch era. But mm. Drax is like made from clay out of a dead human being who plays the saxophone, and there's a whole lot of yeah. weird shit. That happens yeah, we we knew Quasar and Moon Dragon. They uh, <laughs> lived in a van. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, uh, mid credit scene, um, we get the new Guardians. It's Rocket, Groot, Kraglin, Cosmo, Adam, Phyla, and Blurp. <laughs> Blurp is there too. <laughs> and they're, they're, about- they're waiting for this invasion of weird creatures and talking about their favorite musical artists. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I love that the Zune is being shared. That's another, yeah. like, they came back to that. Because yeah. the movie opens with Peter not wanting uh, to share. Well, yeah. saying, "Don't touch my stuff," but yeah. he left it for Rocket. So what he went back to rescue right. was the Zune, so that Rocket could have it because he knew it was important to him. He didn't need the music. And and of course is, we he was going back to Earth, right? And he brings it back around full circle, mm-hmm. ending with "Come and get, uh, come and get my love." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Sean, Sean Gunn, Craglin's laughing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. And then in an after credit sequence, Peter's feeding Sarah with his grandfather talking about mowing his neighbor's lawn. <laughs> the kid. Yeah. I, I love the drama. And he's like, no, now I want to know. Like, right. He's he's invested in the neighborhood drama already. Well, I was going to say he's all grown, but he wants to sort of pick up where he was with his grandpa, you know, like lawn mowing yeah, rivalry. Yeah, like, I'll, I'll mow the lawn, but her son's a 45 year old, able bodied man. It feels weird. <laughs> Just sitting on the porch. <laughs> Watching. Whereas he's also unemployed and 45 years old. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, fair. Uh, he probably has a job at Dairy Queen or the only other place in that town. I don't know. There's always a place at the Queen. Isn't that where that giant? Uh, yeah. In the second was, one. Yeah. Okay. Was there was one sponsored Queen. ad? <laughs> so that's it for uh, for Guardians Three. Um, any unanswered questions? What, are we going to see the Guardians again? Because at the end, we get Peter Quill will return. Right. So I know we're going to see the Guardians again, but like. What the yeah. fuck does that mean? Mm-hmm. Where are we headed with Peter? Secret Quill War. Earth? Like, but I, if what, they do secret wars, what thing does Peter have that we need from him to be involved in this crisis? Um, he's a celestial. Two of the top. But he's not anymore, really. What he has is <laughs> is two of the top five movies of 2023. That's fair. That's fair. He wasn't Mario and this movie. Yeah. So he will make money, I guess. Yeah. That's his power. The we'll drawing see, yeah. power of stardom. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm really excited to see what thing they cook up for him to be like, sure, I guess I should leave. Mm. I assume we'll see him at a granddad funeral or something. But it's exciting to me. Again, it can be nothing but speculation. But, you know, if Kang pulls everyone from every universe that he wants to to fight on battle planet then i don't know well it would be it would be fun to see like a revisiting of the what if where uh black panther is star lord but we see him we see him rescue normal peter quill you know and peter works at dairy queen actually he's working at the fucking dairy queen (laughs) that would be amazing yes there's always a place for me (laughs) 
I think it would be cool to see him have to be saved by somebody because he has some inherent knowledge about something, you know? Yeah. He be. seems like he'll be important because it's like, you know, him, Thor, Banner, and Ant-Man are the remaining old people. Yeah. Right. Old people. That <laughs> feels old, weird to say. Yeah. Yeah. Old Chris Hemsworth. It's been <laughs> it's been 15 years of the MCU now. Jesus Christ. Yep. Um, so, all right. Um, real quick here. Uh, do a soundtrack corner. Um, so, I kind of wanted to ask you guys, which of the three uh, awesome mixes, volumes one, two, or three, do you guys prefer? I can kind of run over the track listings of them if you want some refreshers, but... Um, I'm kind of curious because they're all distinct, but of a piece. I I think the first one, ultimately for me, I can listen to that. From what's the first track on the second one? Just to put me back in, uh, Mr. Blue Sky. Okay, oh, I right. think I like that one because does that also have the um, Lakeshore Drive? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So it's the 70s, like Chevy Band. Lakeshore Drive. Oh, yeah. The Chain. Oh, it has Brandy. 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 Chain. That's my go to uh, karaoke song. Uh, bring It yeah. On Home to Me, My Sweet Lord. Yeah. Oh, my God. Surrender. It's, yeah. So that, flashlight. That might yeah. be. Surrender. It has flashlight. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. That I, I take it back. Volume two. Second one. Yeah. It's got Sam Cooke and Marvin Gaye on it. I think that's my favorite. Which one had Pina Coladas? That, that first one. one, first one. Oh no! Yeah. Wait, the first one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hooked on a feeling, spirit in the sky. Uh, I'm not in love. Cherry bomb. Ooh, child. I mean, a lot of those needle drops were fun because it was the first Guardians movie. So, like, we were getting into that James Gunn vibe. The, but the I first, like this. The heck, first one. I like this second one. The first one felt like a ter- like a '90s Tarantino soundtrack to me personally. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it was somewhere between that, that and uh, Wes Anderson almost, where mm. I was like, wow, this is like, mm. each one of these is hella inspired. Why? Yeah, no, he always, he used them. Curated. Yeah. 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 I I I remember thinking like, this feels like too much work went into this. Why does this, <laughs> is this so yeah. good? Like, it shouldn't be totally. this good. No, I, I can't think of the, the last movie soundtrack before that, that was like, wow, I have to own that. I oh yeah, it's like everything. a soundtrack, yeah. So, it's been a long big, time. A big chill. You know? days of, the Days and Confused soundtracks were huge. Days and Confused. And, yeah. and they were very yeah. similar because it was that late 70s. Um, yeah. And like a generational te- timepiece kind of thing or yeah. era specific mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, the Tarantino soundtracks, Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction both were like very, very huge for. Yeah. I, oh, that's yeah. true. Yeah. I owned the Pulp Fiction one. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, yeah. I'm. I think I'm in a in in a large minority in that I really really like the Volume Three soundtrack a lot. It opens Whoa. with Radiohead. You're a sucker just, for no, Radiohead. I am, but like those yeah. songs mean a lot more personally. I appreciated that they weren't stuck in the '70s. Yeah. Yeah. Anymore. I uh, that they were that they weren't afraid to bring it into modern music. Well, well the first soundtrack yeah. was all 60s and 70s. The second one was 70s and 80s. The third one was 80s and 90s. And then at the very end, with Florence and the Machine, he moves to the 2000s. Yeah, even he even scrolls down on the Zoom. Um, I yeah the 
God, the music is just so goddamn good. It's crazy. I personally find the Dog Days Are Over montage, all of that, to be one of the most um, transcendently cathartic mon- yeah. montage moments in my that I've ever witnessed. I was never particularly a big fan of Florence and the Machine or that song, but man, when that started in the theater, I was like, oh my God, I know this song. Oh my God, this is a really cool choice. Holy well, shit, it, everyone is dancing, and, then, and I'm like crying in the movie theater. <laughs> But it pauses and then comes back. You yeah, know, with, with yeah. The, with, well, because it does two. It does two two drops where like she gets quiet and then the second one with the drums where it's boom, 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 run fast for you. Like yeah, yeah. yeah uh, I was so moved in the theater. Yeah, bouncing. So yeah, each right. each one of these movies managed to move me. I can't think of another trilogy of movies that have managed to move me. Absolutely, and I think so that, much emotion. I think yeah. that means it's time that we rank it. I say it's in the top ten, top twenty at least. Well, we have Where Guardians. The hell did Guardians wind up. Oh, we we have 14. Guardians one and two at four, thirteen and fourteen, fourteen and thirteen respectively. I think those movies got increasingly better. So I say this. Uh, I love aspects of each one. This was so good. It. Yeah, it's fired my, on a lot of cylinders. It's my personal favorite, and it secretly might be my my um, my personal favorite MCU movie at this point in general. All right, so are we talking the top ten? I I'd like to put it behind Ragnarok and in front of Black Panther. Is that sacrilege? I don't know if that's high enough for you, Thoreau. We put it, but that's I I I like it almost as much as I like Ragnarok. Yeah, I mean, if it were up to me, I would put Same. it in the top four somewhere. But I, I understand that that's a look. That's not a widely held opinion. Man, I'm well, gonna make a movie that opens with Radiohead. Only because, tickets. only because the Dark Knight is in a category all its own. But I could, just, I could move around most anything. Al, what are your thoughts? Uh, I like it more than Winter Soldier. Same. Like yeah. it more than Iron Man. Um, Sorry, I kind, I, I kind of liked Brian's idea of putting it at ten. Here is my question: We have another James Gunn movie at number eight, The Suicide yeah. Squad. Is it's it- better than this? It's better than that. You're right. That was. That's the jewel in the DC. <laughs> this this, this movie needs years. two other movies to be as good as it is. That movie just kicked down the doors and had two movies in it. So mm. damn good. It was a really good movie. So And uh, and it had the had to drag the fucking bleeding corpse of the first Suicide Squad movie. So yeah. yeah. Which was rough. Gets extra points for that too. Yeah, I, I say it goes up that goes above this for sure. Okay. I I'm I can live with it being between Ragnarok and Black Panther, but did, Al, I'm not sure you were finished with your thoughts. I'm sorry. Oh, the yeah, that was. Uh, I agreed with that placement. Um, Ragnarok still holds a, a place in my heart. Yeah, no, that was a tremendous um, movie. It's, it's hard to put it above Black Panther, but is it racist though? <laughs> is that why? <laughs> well, God why damn it! <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, We're I'm um, the one who recommended it. S- send your hate mail to me via Twitter at Thoreau Smiley. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I know I know 
fun isn't a qualifier for better, but this was a more fun movie than Black Panther. Sure. Oh, absolutely more fun than Black Panther. Oh yeah, definitely. Black more Panther fun. had a better villain. Better villain, though. True. For sure. True. Um, all right. We'll put it at number 10 right in between Thor Ragnarok and Black Panther. Um, and that means. But that works because you think about it. Taika, James Gunn, and Ryan Coogler, like those are three. That's all right. That, that's a good block of movies together. Um, yeah. Ragnarok, Guardians 3, and Black Panther. Those were set pieces by directors. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, since Brian brought up uh, the villain, um, there was a conscious choice uh, made that this villain, the High Evolutionary, had no sympathy. Mm-hmm. Like, Eric Killmonger, you had sympathy for that villain. Um, right. But this, this villain, the High Evolutionary, is like, no, we don't feel for you at all. Yeah, no. The first no. thing we see him do is abuse animals. Yeah. He, people care more about animals than they do people. Absolutely. He just sucks. <laughs> That's it. And there's, not, and there's not a grain of backstory. They're like, we're not even going to tell you about this asshole. Yeah. Where he's from or why. You, just, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, nothing. Um, it was a good choice. Well, that means it is time to look towards next week. And next week on Harmless Phosphorescence, we are going to be watching The Flash. Oh, man. I heard this is really good. I I have complicated (laughs) feelings. Is it out of theaters? It's currently streaming on HBO Max. It's on HBO. You haven't seen it? Max, I'm sorry. Formal, even on the like pirated site. No. Wow. Holy shit. It is currently Watch streaming it. on Max, yes. As especially out of the four of us as our resident most DC fan. I think I would say. You've seen more DC animated properties than any person. The anyways not any person <laughs> that I know of I the four of us. Yeah. Yeah. Um it's but, it's probably true. Yeah. Well I'm interested to hear what you have to say about the flash. Uh, like I said, I have complicated feelings, like group therapy session complicated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what this oh, is yeah. all about, Josh. Uh, this this see. is a group therapy session. I, that, that's why that, I, we, that we broadcast to the world. It is. In true, it, it, is, it is. This episode's going to need some extra time, too, because uh, this movie's extra bad, and it took 15 years to make, so we're going to have yeah, to carve out it's, quite a bit of time for the production notes. It's some stuff. It is some stuff for sure. It so is some stuff. that is next week on Harmless Phosphorescence. Until then, thanks for hanging out with us, guys. This has been your host, Thoreau Smiley, and I say, Josh, Brian, Al, Thoreau, go now. <laughs> I'm Josh Cece, just your local octopus guy selling meth to cockroach-headed kids. <laughs> I don't know. We left out some important information, but that is the gist of it. I'm Brian Lesh. I'm Alaric Weber. I'm not a raccoon. I'm a kitty cat. Wow. Al, you're a person. We've been over this. I got group therapy. I'll put your <laughs> pants on, goddammit. <laughs> you're a cat that wears pants. Uh, we'll see you next time. <laughs> is a mailman. <laughs> we'll see you next time, everyone. Bye. Bye.